Welcome to The Recurring Plot, presented by Curb and Turf. On this show, we interview agritourism farmers, authors, leaders, and influencers who share their insights on growing and monetizing your agritourism business. Here's your host, Dustin Reed. Hi, this is Dustin from Curb and Turf. You're listening to The Recurring Plot. Today, we're talking to Aaron Rollins about his innovative idea to help the RV industry and also agribusinesses thrive in their communities through his company, Carpenter. So how are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing good. Why don't you just describe a little bit about your history, about where you came from, your family, some of your interests? So I basically was, was raised in Pennsylvania and in a community where Penn State resides and state funny town name for college being there. But it's an area of the country that's fairly populated with a lot of uh, educational type providers uh, who are learning, but it's also surrounded by a great deal of agri- agriculture type uh, cities. And so it's a, it was a great place to grow up, great place to be outside all the time, great place to be enjoying seeing things grow and be part of that community. And so that's kind of where I grow up and I kind of, of, of the outdoors of, of farming and of just communities in general. So that's kind of where I was raised. Uh, I was one of seven brothers and sisters, and we would uh, go cross country to visit our grandparents in California. And so that's where we first started to enjoy the, the opportunities to go and use travel trailers and RVs to, to do that. So that was, that was the first in, investment in, in my time and in, in going cross country, seeing the different parts of the country, seeing the joys of experiencing what's out there kind of uh, not not quite as an adventurous as as uh, those in the old when there was nothing out there but it's still an adventure and still fun to do right. and so that's kind of how we got how i got started in my love of the outdoors the interest in business and and as a, as that interest grew i felt a, a degree in accounting would be a benefit to me and so i went and got a, a master's degree in accounting at byu in Provo. So, and they're rated one of the top three usually. So the second or the third usually rated in the nation for accounting. And so I got my degree in accounting and then I went out to work with my father uh, business, which at the time was when the archiving and the scanning was becoming a popular thing. So did that, started up a, or converted our, our customized our software to support the needs of the visually impaired, creating uh, books that they need for those uh, can't see very well. And uh, did that for I've been doing that for over 20 years, 25 plus years. So obviously with being a business owner with your large print company, how has that helped your endeavors with other business interests or how does that help you? Well, I mean, in any business you're in, you're going to learn things. A lot of what you learn is, is obviously you can make things happen with, uh, with effort and vacation, um, but it, a good portion of it has to do with timing, uh, opportunities that are available to you that weren't necessarily certain at, at another time. So just taking advantage of timing opportunities that come your way. Um, cause there, there's a ton of different, you know, if I had gone for my accounting degree, if I had gone into uh, one of the big six at the time of accounting firms, I potentially would have been rubbing up against, you know, thousands of different types of, of businesses and different, and different trees. Uh, and so you never really know where you're going to end up. And it just so happened that because of where I made my choices, I ended up visually impaired, which is potentially a, a market I never would have known about had I, I've chosen to go a different way. That would have been potentially in a completely different field, different uh, actions, different marketplaces. Right. So how that leads you to Curb and Turf, and what is what is Curb and Turf? 
Can you kind of explain the backstory sure. about about that? Yeah. Well, Urban Turf is, is basically an Airbnb service for those with RVs. So the RVers have their RV rigs and they need some place to take them. And they're selling 100 plus thousand RV units a year. And, and there's relatively, there's not, there's not an equal development taking place on the side of places to park them. And usually you'll see the RV parks, which are crowded, sardines, which, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they're, they're enjoyable. A lot of the people you're going to rub shoulders with in the RV community are fun to be with. Uh, but there's, it's, uh, there's a lack of development on the side of places to take your RV. So uh, and Turf is like Airbnb in that you have private property owners who are going to uh, rent out their land that, that RVers can come and use and rent and, and stay on your, on your property for short periods of time for their vacation needs or for traveling across country. And so it, it's, uh, so basically Curb and Turf is a means of helping entrepreneur, entrepreneurial property owners like farmers or agritourism type farmers uh, take advantage of uh, receiving more recurring passive income and leveraging our platform to do that, to bring those two groups together into a single need. So what kind of gave you the idea for Curb and Turf? Obviously you saw a problem, but what kind of led into that or what yeah. kind of gave you, what sparked that idea? Well, because of youth, we had gone cross country and our, and, you know, using a travel trailer. So I had experiences with that. I think my wife had some experiences with uh, being, I'm not sure if it was an RV or not, but after having those experiences, we had a desire as a unit to experience that ourselves. And so we went out looking for, for rigs that we could purchase and use to go and enjoy ourselves on vacation. And a lot of those rigs were 40 foot, uh, fifth wheels, massive beast, uh, full and a great opportunity to go have fun and have all the conveniences of, of life right there at your fingertips. But, you know, when knowing the challenges I had even back in 1980, going across country with my father and, and, and mother and family, you'd, you'd use the AAA services to get maps. You'd use probably some of the AAA books or other books for figuring out where the RV parks were. And so there was a lot of manual processing to try to figure out where and what you're going to do and where you're going to stay. And then once you got to the parks themselves, even back then, Driving a, a travel trailer was was fairly tight getting through the parks, and so even your size of rig, even a challenge back then, because obviously the development of RVs even back then was was growing beyond what it was initially in its size and abilities, and so recognizing these things are massive, and that that would be a challenge to go to some of the parks I went to growing up. You know, ask the salesperson, well, where do you take these these rigs? Why don't you buy them? And he said, well, we have 1980 inside. It's because of books you can buy. And so I realized that there was obviously a disconnect in the market in the market for RVers and, and, and their needs. And that was where the first and desire for me to fix the problem came up. It was probably about three years later after I moved to Idaho that I determined that now's the time I just needed to jump in and do it. And so that's where it all started, just that desire to go on vacation, the recognition that there wasn't really a, a service that at the time provided what we needed real tool that would be a, a benefit to someone and, and tie into their needs for the rig size and getting to some place without having to try to find an address, going down back roads, getting stuck. That stuff is a challenge as you are out there RVing. You mentioned several different things that I think we'll touch on a little bit later, talking about some of the tools actually we offer because you've addressed all those problems that are common with RVers. And, and Curb and Turf actually provides solutions for those and those sort of things that we'll get to here shortly. But can you speak on how long has Curb and Turf been a business? Been out there since um, 2019 and probably before that. That's when we've officially incorporated. 
And so we've been around a while. We've been developing our services and our product. Those that you don't know, I'm actually the UX UI designer for Curb and Turf. So I just basically do a lot of the front end type stuff and make it look nice, function well. We also have two other developers, one that's basically handles the app and we'll be talking to him next week. His name's Scott Henscheid. And we also have another developer that, that was hired on. He was the first employee, Jed Smith, and he's he handled the website. He handles a lot of the overall backend stuff, mostly on the website. Obviously, Curb and Turf, we've been around since 2019. We have competitors, one of those being Harvest Host. But can you describe the differences between Harvest Host and Curb and Turf? Sure. Harvest Host is, is more of a subscription-based platform, uh, at least initially with Boondockers Welcome, they, they joined with Harvest Host, but at least initially they were kind of focused on meeting uh, each other in the community. So we're looking at RVers who are going to help other RVers with the need of parking. And so that was, and and just providing a service and the subscription was a, was a means of, of knowing who's out there and where you can take your rig. And, and then the coordination of, of, of scheduling, uh, going in and staying at the places that are available. And it's fairly similar still today, even with Harvest Host, it's, uh, the Harvest Host platform is taking it more towards um, farms or golf courses, uh, places like that. And, but it's still, a, it's still a subscription service. There's really no, no compensation to the owner of the property or to the business or to the farm or to the golf course. It's just basically they allow someone to come and stay on their property. And as a result of that, of that stimulus, basically of feeling like you're getting something for free, the, the, the response is you feel obligated to buy something from them. So if they're a right. farm and they have something they're selling, obviously I, you would feel obligated to buy something from the farmer just because that's just the stimulus you just feel obligated to. So it's a completely different sales mechanism. Our, our mechanism is more of a uh, buy it as you need it. So basically you reserve a spot. That's when you, that's when you're paying for something and there's no, there's no fee for listing a site. There's no fee for pushing a site. It's only when a transaction takes place that any kind of compensation takes place between the lister or the, or the guest or even us as a service provider. And we just take a piece of that and then we uh, have some additional tweaks in there to try to improve upon the open community who's participating in that to try to benefit them as well. So it's not just three people who are or three entities who are being compensated. It's not just the property owner and the get and the and the guest and, and the host, but it's those who are providing the information. And they could be a guest, they may not be a guest at the time they, that they're someone else is using it, they're probably not a guest, but they're gonna be compensated as well for for providing us with information on our on our on our service. There's other services out there besides Harvest Host, and mm-hmm. but all those services have been designed and, and built on a platform for a different market besides RVers. And then they've tweaked their services to include the RVers after the fact. And so mm-hmm. a good portion of what they're providing, although it's, it's information and it's helpful and it gives you an opportunity to rent something out, um, it, it's not tied specifically to the needs of RVers. They're not providing, right. you know, they give you an address as for an instance, whereas we give you a GPS coordinate and a turn by turn GPS, which is, you know, you really can't rely on addresses or they're, they're not easily found. You put them in Google, they'll, they'll take you to the wrong place. So you it really need to divest yourself of an address and go directly to a GPS. And, right. and although that might be a little more challenging for our users to put that into the system, but it's not really hard. It's just opening up a, a, an app and saying, I'm, I'm standing where I'm supposed to be. And then it captures the GPS coordinate. So we make it as easy as possible, but on the end, end side, 
the RVer driving down with a 40-foot rig is not going to hit a 90-degree turn onto a bridge that they can't make that turn. You're going to have to call right. a tow truck company to try to get them out somehow. And so, you know, great expense, cost, time lost, uh, embarrassment, uh, even potential damage to a rig or driving down a road you're not supposed right. to. So, so there is some some real needs RVers have, even even looking at spaces that you can't even fit in. What that's a waste of time. So, you know, if we if we jumped into some of the features, you know, that's just one of the things we do is we 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 allow you to list in a garage the rigs and the, and the different configurations that you have right. so that you can, when you're looking and you've, and you've chosen which rig you're going to be using for your, your search, it's going to only give you the information that's relevant to you and to your rig. So like you mentioned, we do have a cool feature that's called the garage mm-hmm. where you can actually make your own configurations and then based on those configurations, it's basically a filter. And so you'll be able to filter out listings and other things based on your rig size and also certain presets or qualifications that you're looking for, even when you're looking for a spot. You were looking for an RV for a while because when I first met you, you were kind of, well, you talk about that. I mean, I know that you were testing out some RVs and what did you finally land on? Yeah, I mean, it, it, everyone's going to be a little bit different and unique and, and potentially what they choose for, uh, that fits their needs. Uh, my, my father-in-law had a probably a 30-footer fifth wheel, and so we used that. We had a we had a one-ton truck. We used that went down to the Grand Canyon with our kids, four kids in a pickup truck. Uh, Dean's in the truck. They didn't want to drive in the truck for another two months. They didn't want to be in the vehicle at all, which is kind of funny. It's a larger rig. You're, you have to be conscious of where, where you are, and I had no problem with that, but my wife, she's a little stressed about about uh, activity and so we decided to go a little smaller which which works well for her she can drive it she and she has comfort in it it's more of a van class b and uh, gives us flexibility in where we go for that reason so probably a little bit larger someday i'll probably upgrade to something bigger at some point but uh, that i have right now that's awesome because i also taking your rv i love it it's mm-hmm. it's pretty cool and I have a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun as well with my yeah. Life in it. And there's a and there's a there's just something about RVing where you don't have to. It's not like you're packing a suitcase. You have to unpack every time you get to the to the hotel. You got to find your stuff. It's most of the stuff is already in its place in the RV, and and a good portion of it's already in the RV. So if you want to take a vacation on a weekend, just get out and do something. You just grab the clothes you're gonna wear, and everything else usually is in the RV. So it's you might right. head by the store and pick up food on your way as well. So there's some conveniences in that. You got a fridge, you got a microwave, you got a shower, bathroom, it's all it's all there. So you pull over, do whatever yeah. you want. So you basically have the convenience of home but while you're on the road, right? Yeah, exactly. That's one of the reasons it's one of the reasons why people love it. Because you mentioned earlier that there's tons of RVs being manufactured or sold, but not enough places for them to go. We've we've seen that through our research that R V sales also going going up in during COVID years. What does that mean to you? Why would RV sales go up? Especially if, when people were not allowed outside, they're, you know, we're quarantined. Yeah, I think, I think uh, control of one's time and abilities. So you're not, you're not at the whims of, of a pilot strike. You're not at the whims of the air, airlines who choose to park you on a runway all day long because they prefer to have one plane. That's that's uh, down compared to making them all late, and so it looks better on their stats, and it does better with reporting to the government. But it, it completely kills your mood when you're stuck on a plane all day long, hot, and have to, you know, cramps and the toilets are overflowing. I'm sure, no no food. They don't give you anything. They have no compensation either. They just act like if oh well, it's your problem, not ours. 
So, I mean, that type of thing, um, the, the, the lack of employees that the hotels have, they can't get the rooms clean. They can't provide you the services they used to provide. And that goes across the board. You got the air cars, adults, they can't provide you cars. The cars they do provide you are old because they weren't producing cars because the chips are down. And so they're basically falling apart. So across the board, it's a completely different environment. And so having control yourself, knowing that you have control of your environment, whatever's in, you know, if you're sick, you're sick inside your own place. If you're not going to be coming across someone else who's sick, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's all control. And then it's, it's, it's enjoyable. You're going to places that you would otherwise fly over. You're able to see the, the world and explore and, and be able to be part of yeah. part of what's around you. So there's a great deal of women in that. Honestly, not everyone's going to have that joy, especially with, you know, 500 plus thousand RVs sold every year because they're going to find a lot of uh, scheduling issues because of the inability to get a place to take their RV or as they're going across the country, they, they don't have any place to go. And so they're stressed. And so we're trying to resolve some of that with the app. In, in addition, you know, outside of just, you know, going back to the app, outside of just, uh, we were, you know, the main service, which is providing a place to park it, it we want it to be a tool. And so I completely agree. There's definitely reasons why people during the COVID years were looking to get out, right? Because yeah. we're also cooped up in our houses and our offices or whatever, couldn't leave. And then a lot of people were yearning for that just connection to outdoors too, is my right. opinion, just because... Right. You know, that was something that was missing for a good almost two years. And so that's one of the reasons why you have those RV sales going up for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, you know, just because the airlines weren't, a lot of people weren't trusting the airlines, right, at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, even, even, even today. You know about COVID. Yeah, even today it's still the same. I mean, I think it's related to the COVID situation. And it probably got rid of people or down on their employee staff or whatever it is, but they're still having issues today. They're... And, and maybe it's partly the way that they've changed some of the re- regulations that state how they treat their customers, but it's not, it's not a pleasant environment. I mean, you may have a pleasant environment and that's great if you do, but if you have a bad one, it's a bad one. So, so you have all these circumstances or all these external forces where they, people didn't have control, like mm-hmm. you were saying. And now, now people have their, they have an RV. It's in, like you were saying, a controlled environment. To mm-hmm. where they can dictate where, you know, what they're going to eat, how they're going to eat, you know, where they're going to go. And they have the confinements of home, but on the road. So they're, right. they're be able to spend more time with family, be outdoors and control their environment. So that's probably yeah. one of the big reasons why RV sales shot up. Yeah. You know, before COVID, it was, it was a problem of finding places now it's probably even a bigger problem just because you have people wanting to leave and to explore. Mm-hmm. Not only that, you have more millennials wanting van life kind of thing. Cause that's mm-hmm. even more people looking for places to, to stay. Mm-hmm. How do we solve that as a company with Curve and Turf? Well, it's, it's the, it's the providing new spaces that aren't part of the process, uh, the normal process. So it's, it's a, it's a means of extending aid to the community outside of those who are already in the community. So we're, we're talking about individuals that aren't necessarily RVers. They can be, but aren't necessarily RVers who are uh, specifically our agritourism is a great example because you have farmers who have a lot of land who are seeking other means to provide uh, diversified income and a revenue stream and, and our service lends well and ties in well to what they're trying to do. They're able to increase their clips on a recurring and uh, stream of income 
that doesn't take a great deal of effort on their side, just some opening of some land, something by the, by the shop, by the barn. And if they wanted to include more amenities for those, then they might have more interest from people for, you know, for instance, power, maybe some water. They really are successful. They can upgrade it to some kind of a connect connection to a dump site. Even then, they still have uh, access to um, fishing, sports, you know, national parks. There's all sorts of things that a lot of the farmers are, are near that people are seeking to enjoy. And so, and, and it ties in well to that. And, and then on top of that, our service also has um, the, more of a, not just listing your property, has the ability to a la carte so you can list other things as well. And so there's ability to upsell those who are coming, not just to your agritourism, but also to stay overnight. Now you have opportunities to do beyond that. You can you can sell them packages to people who might take them out fishing, for instance, or maybe have an amusement park nearby. So there's all sorts of different things you can upsell and and can cross sell these people on. So as a means of right. of revenue stream, uh, provide them with a great deal of opportunity for diversification and increased and an increased revenue stream for what they're trying to do. Yeah, it pairs perfectly to, you know, agribusinesses and agritourism in general. Mm -hmm. So then these RVers or travelers can look for specific activities and or whatever it is that they're looking for. They're going to be able to find those types of things on our platform. What are things that you've seen on our platform, the kind of listings that we have on Perventure? Mama Farms and Breakfast, I believe, different types of uh, off-grid type locations. We have like in-city locations. So... Obviously, people are going to have need of getting somewhere, and so they need a place to stay on their way there. So all sorts of different things on our, on our, on our service. Right. Yeah. yeah, we have anything urban to like wineries, vineyards. Yeah. And, you mm -hmm. know, I know that your, your mm -hmm. father-in-law is also on our platform. He has a, a vineyard as well. So. It's a vineyard and a winery, yeah. yep. What are some frustrations that people incur of owning an RV? Probably the biggest frustration is where to take it stuck on the way because you're afraid you're afraid of taking it anywhere because it's so large they might actually i've seen people who will go out on their pickup truck and scout out where they're going to go just to make sure they can make it there okay <laughs> so you know with technology and with the ability to to, to map out where you're going to be by gps turn by turn it shouldn't be an issue you know it should be something you can handle and so that's mm -hmm. what we're trying to so that's those are the types of things that we're trying to uh, aid and provide as tools to people also you know, because they do provide all the services you need, you, you provide your water, they provide your dump site internal to, to the rig, they provide payments. Uh, but because of all that, you need to replenish, you need to sponge some of the stuff that you're collecting. And so dump sites, you know, tools for dump sites, uh, tools for fresh water, tools for propane, you know, you need to refill propane tanks too, because you're providing ice and power and water heating and all that stuff. So has all those on there. None of those are anything that you would have to pay for. They're all free to be accessed. Uh, list ones that you find on there because it's, it's an open community environment. So as you're RVing and you find services that aren't listed on ours, you can add them to that. And you might find that individuals who are RVing are truly needing that information and thankful for it. And so much so that they'll donate money. So there's a donation platform on our on our service too, so that you may receive compensation uh, for listing that information as a thank you for doing so. And, and outside that, we still, you know, we have activities as well. So any types of different recreational type activities you might want to list, you can also list those on there as well. So all those things are available right. on our service. On top, you know, there's other features too. I don't know if you want me to get into those, but, um, uh, but as the well, other let's means talk of, about, Let's talk about those things that you were talking about earlier, because there's, 
you know, good points just because, you know, when you're owning an RV, you need to know where the dump locations are, where, mm-hmm. you know, where you could get propane and you could actually see all that, that information, like you were saying on our, our website, mm-hmm. you could download the app. Right. Um, so if anyone that has Android could go to the Google play store to, mm-hmm. to, to download our app. We're also available on iOS devices. So if you have an Apple mm-hmm. device, just go ahead and you could go to the app store and download the app. It's a uh, urban turf. So it's C U R B N as in Nancy and then turf T U R F. We have over a thousand, what we call points of interest. So those are basically your, what Aaron was talking about earlier. Those are going to be your dump sites. We have rest areas. We have where to get propane, fresh water. Mm-hmm. So we have lots of Rops POIs. One. Yep. 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 Rest stops. So we have lots of uh, points of interest. So is what we call them internally. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's that way, you know, you could search and make, you could plan your route based on, you know, your destination. So if there's, if you're going from A to Z, you know, in between, you're going to have different stops. So if you need to get a, you know, your a dump station, or if you need to stay at night or whatever, you could plan that ahead. Cause we also have boondocking sites, like thousands of boondocking sites as well, mm-hmm. right. um, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And you may find, you All, know, some of those too are, are things that we've listed. And so if, if you wanted to, if, if an individual goes to a place and they want to become caretaker is what we call it. If they, if they are responsible for those listings. So if they go to a site, want to become in, in charge of it, they become the caretaker from Teddy. We, we list ours as Teddy. So if it's a Teddy yeah. site, you can become a caretaker or you can list your own site. That's not listed on our service at all. And then yep. at that point you're become a potential individual who might receive some donations as a result of the listings that you're putting up on there. Yep. Which is a cool, I think it's a cool feature just because then it gets the community involved. Cause they want to have like a, a tool, like you were saying, right? Cause you know, I've seen RVers, they have like two or three different apps that they're using, you know, just to, to plan their trip. Right. You know, we're, at Curb and Turf, what we're trying to do is consolidate every tool and put it all in one platform and put it in, right. put it into our app. Right. Um, that's one of the things I love about our service. So another feature that we have on our app is a checklist and that's pretty important. And, and can you describe that the checklist feature on the app, what that entails? Or- yeah, especially with big rigs where you have all sorts of things, you're, you're connecting things to your rig, you know, like power, you're connecting water, you might be connecting a dump connection to connect your vehicle to the rig. You have to, you have slides, you have lights, you have things inside that you only have to strap down. So there's a whole bunch of different things you got to do in preparation for leaving or after you've arrived. And it's helpful to have a checklist just to make sure you don't forget anything. You know, don't forget to take your, your tire stops out, put them away, you know, whatever it is uh, on the checklist. And then you can just go through and check it, make sure that you've done it all on your, on your process of, of, of arriving or, your, or on your process of leaving. So that's yep. basically the concept behind the checklist. It's free. It's, it's able to be used. You can customize it to your needs and your rig. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea behind the checklist. Yeah. So we, it's a really cool feature. We have specific lists. All right. We have a list that will already generate for you. You can actually edit that or make, create your own, like Aaron mentioned, which is important because every rig's different. And so then that way you can have different lists for different rigs. So you can actually associate that with your with your garage as well. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, if you have, if you know that 
you know, you have a certain hookup, then you're going to have certain, you know, checklists or certain things that you have to do for that specific rig. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things, a lot of combinations you could do even just with the, the garage and, and checklist portion of our. Right. Of our right. And, and you'd mentioned too, that you had the, the planner where you're able to plan out a trip. So what can you describe our trip planner, what that entails? It is basically the ability to to uh, plan out a trip, and so you're able to see how many miles between each stop you're making uh, toward those, so that you can know what to expect, uh, where it is located, and it's all tied together. It, it could be something on the platform or off the platform. We'll still record it and on the trip and the process of planning. It's a you know again it's free, so it doesn't cost you anything. So we're you know in essence we're trying to make it into a tool, make it use you know to make it so that as an RVer you're able to feel confident as you go out and experience the world and explore. And, and I think too, uh, on the community aspect of what we do and the individuals who will be posting information online, the, a lot of, you know, basically today, anywhere you go, you have individuals or companies who are asking you to rate whatever, you know, rate this person, rate this product, rate this seller. And one of the challenges that I've had, you know, using different services is that there's usually not a blind rating taking place. So, a lot of the services that you take patients on, you're going to be rating the host or the host could be rating the guest, but they both are able to see each other live, rate each other, which which takes away from the ability to be truthful. And so in our service, and on top of that, they're asking you to do all this rating without any kind of compensation. So we set up our services for trying to get as much valid, useful, truthful information as we can. So any rating that takes place takes place on a blind rating system so that the host and the guest are rating without knowing what each other has done. And mm-hmm. if, if there is something that you feel is untruth, truthful, then you can always make a request that Curb and Turf will go and we'll, we'll arbitrate that and look into it. And, and we can obviously change it. But for the most part, we're just trying to create an environment where someone doesn't have to feel like they're going to be attacked as a result of what they say. You know, because I've been to places like Airbnb where I'm taller, you know, and so I can see on top of the fridge. I can see it's dusty, very dusty, you know, dark dust. But the person who's renting the place is probably short, can't see that. And I won't say anything because if I say that, they might take that as a negative comment and be angry at me for whatever reason. I don't know. Some people right. are, are funny that way. And whereas I'm just trying to be a helpful commentary, trying to help them out. And you know, our system is designed to try to make that process open. So you feel open right. to do that. You have the public comments. You have the private comments. They're all, all given before anyone sees any of the comments that are made on the other side. You can always ask for arbitration if you feel it's unfair what has been said. And then on top of that, we, we are some of the a portion of the money that's collected for the reservation is given back to the guests when they, when they do the rating so that there is some compensation and a thank you for actually taking the time to give us a rating that rating. Right. So it's, so, you know, that, there's not many places that do that because you really should be compensated because you're providing information back to us. And so right. we've set that up to, to work that way as well. Yeah. It's valuable information. So I, once, I, I know I've done this and I'm sure others have where the only time I'm actually rating something is based on the bad experience I have. Right. Like if I, Amazon, if I get a product and it doesn't, it's not working, then I, I let that seller or whoever know that it's broken down and not to buy it or whatever. Right. So right. The ratings in general or reviews can also be skewed towards the just the negative just because that's, that's right. how I that's how I do it. But right. if I knew someone was going to compensate me for doing a rating that I'd, I'd be more likely, I'd be more likely to, to actually give an honest rating or give my opinion of 
my stay or the product, whatever it was. And that's one of the cool things that we have with our service is that we have what's called curb and turf cash, where, you know, we have a portion, we give a portion of that money to guests once they make a, that rating. Because um, mm-hmm. we, we do value that information. We want to make sure that, you know, it is a community based and then we're able to, to have the most accurate information possible on the platform. Right. And the other thing that we've done to that extent as well is that, you know, people are busy and they may choose not to rate. And that's not a reflection of a negative rating. That's in my mind, a reflection of a good rating. If someone's gone through someplace and they have nothing bad to say about it. So they haven't taken the time to do anything to rate them. I count that as a positive rating. And so we'll do the same thing in our ratings structure so that those, those ratings in which someone says nothing, which, you know, some people aren't robust. They don't have a lot of things to say, but they are, but they appreciate what you've done for them and, but they may not say it. And so we'll count that as a positive rating as part of the calculation that goes into the rating system as well. Yeah. Which is huge just because then you don't get people like me that don't rate and then, right. you know, and then if you, or if they do rate it might be negative and it counts really, it's counting against you, mm-hmm. you know, so that's just a way to keep things honest right? Um, exactly. for, for both hosts and guests. Where do you see Curb and Turf in the near future, whether it's, you know, three or five years down the road? Well, it always takes time to grow business. We're, we're new. Uh, my hope down the road is it's, it's some uh, term that's, that's as common as Airbnb. And the people recognize that that's what uh, we use for a tool for RVing, for finding the things you need as an RV and, and getting to experience truly what exploring is about and going out beyond what you, what you would have felt comfortable doing before and going out further. So that's my hope. And, that, you know, obviously we have tools. We'll make them more robust as we move forward. But we have ideas for a ton more tools and features in the future, which obviously will come as we, as we grow and have the ability and the means to do that. So, right. Yeah. Cause that's a key thing is another thing that we don't, we need to talk about is that we're a smaller company. Mm-hmm. So, so we can pivot based on the needs of the RVers or our hosts, you know, cause we want to make sure we represent them to the fullest. It's just one of those things where we can, if we, if there's a certain feature that we need, we'll work on it. There's sometimes that becomes the priority and then you know, we focus on, on that. I know that's happened with the trip planner. We've had that with the, the checklist. There's lots of things that kind of come to our head as a team and we're able to implement those ideas, which is mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Well, so you being a, a property owner yourself, you've hosted yeah. people. How have our viewers benefit by, just by staying on your land or what kind of joys have you've had just by hosting people? It's, it's, honestly, it's, it's, there is interaction that takes place. Uh, we've created a service that we feel that you don't have to interact if you don't want to. You can obviously meet, meet them as a host. You can meet the guests who are coming and, uh, from them, uh, the, they're all very interesting. I mean, I find people interesting. Their, their, their life stories and their interests and what they're doing and why they're going around the country. So they're all, all the ones that I've hosted have been very friendly and, and, and very appreciative of, of having a place to stay outside the beaten path of, of RV parks. And the, and they've been, I'm been blessed myself to be living in a place that's fairly open in the agritourism, but in an agro community, a very heavy, heavily farming, farmed area. So it's open. It's, it's a beautiful, quiet area. And so people enjoy coming here to, to enjoy nature as well. So it's, it's been fun to share that with other people as well. The, the uh, openness and the, and nature that's around me. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, I think that's important because I've actually benefited from that as well because you that's where Curb and Turf headquarters is at. So I've seen people come in and you give a tour and they'll make you know, little books and stuff just because you have that printing business and stuff. I've met a Dominican, which, you know, we mm -hmm. still remain friends. Yeah. And so it's just kind of, it's kind of been cool to make connections, you know, mm -hmm. and some of them could be lifelong. Some of them could be, you know, depending on the person you are, if you don't want to have that connection, that's fine too. Yeah. Because, you know, people, yeah. you know, there's all different walks of people. There so. are all sorts of people. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you can, you can interact, you can approve, approve our uh, reservations that come through, or you can choose to have it so that it automatically approves them more like a hotel and the directions and because of the GPS coordinates and where it's located and what you provide to them once they sign up, you can let them know that you're, you're ready to arrive. Whenever you're ready to arrive, you have everything you need to know and that you won't be, you know, they won't be, yeah. You'll be by yourself and just make yourself at home, but but uh, yeah. no need for interaction with us. You know, I mean, there are all sorts of different ways of doing it. So yeah, and you could do a combination of both if you want. Absolutely. You have full yeah. Flexibility in what you want to do. That's right. Yeah. I'm sure so, though, as a as a means of cross selling or upselling, I'm I'm sure a good number of people will choose to do the, to do that interaction. But uh, right. And and right. it's and it's just one one way of going through life is you have to you have to you have to interact with people. Yeah, so that's been my experience with RVers. They're generally, most of them I've experienced are are so actually social people. Yeah, They're, they want to 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 know your background. They want to know your story, and so they'll they'll talk your ear off if you let them. And so yeah. it's just it's a fun group. It's yeah. a fun community. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously you live, you know, in a farm community. You know, out in the in the country, as they say. So mm -hmm. what? What have you noticed with with agriculture in general, like the industry as a whole, as of right now? What have you yeah. seen? Yeah. Well, there's obviously a struggle more, you know, and, and that will that's always been the case. You always have been reliant upon other upon the seasons, and and you have it's cyclical as to when is good and when is bad, and so there's always that. But now we got additional challenges on top of that with receiving, you know, getting clothes if you're willing to pay the higher prices, you can get most anything, but um, challenges of getting fertilizer. Uh, on top of that, you still even have droughts in some areas. You have heavy rains in other areas. So there's, it seems like there's a greater deal of that challenge that, that they're facing and trying to provide, because it's all based on cash flow and it all comes in a certain time of year. And so they're in a good year, you're just, you know, you're, you're living off of, of the cash that comes when you harvested until the next time you harvest. And obviously, when you have a bad year, then you're living off of what you've harvested for two years or three years. And so the the whole idea behind agritourism, behind you know curb and turf, is to be able to diversify yourself so that you're you're receiving a revenue stream and cash flow during the times that you're not harvesting. And yeah. cause you can you can obviously, if you're too busy to feel like you can deal with people at the time that you're doing harvesting, you know, just turn off, you know, block out those times on your calendar, and you won't have people come to your place then in any way. But, but during those other times of year, you're going to want to have some additional ways of making some money, some ways of upselling yeah. them, some, some ways of, of, of uh, increasing your cash flow. So that's kind of what the curb and turf's about yeah. and as a means of a tool to help you do that. I grew up on a dairy on a farm. I've seen that with my grandpa where he had a, cause he had a dairy farm. So he had a dairy plus he was farming. Mm -hmm. and so he had, he did have diversification. He bought land. He was, he was smart. I could see where he could actually able to utilize 
even diversify more of his income or of his revenue stream just by having a tool like Curb and Turf. And can you explain how your business can have diversification through Curb and Turf? Yeah, especially if you're if you're an agritourism business and you're you're bringing people in the surrounding urban areas to your place to provide them an opportunity to share to share your love really is what it comes down to you share your love of farming, or or whatever uh, customized experiences you've created for them. So that's something that that agritourism is about, and what we're providing is an opportunity for them to come not just during the day but to be there overnight, and that provides you with new opportunities that you don't have otherwise. You can sell them breakfasts. You can you can sell them packages because they're not just there anymore for for yours. You can you can expand beyond your own property and, and include other services that are outside your property in uh, tours and hunting opportunities and national forest opportunities. You know, and you can you know, paid service. You know, you know. There's all sorts of different things you can do, and even even making money off of other services because you can take a piece of the pie of someone else who might be a professional guide for hunting, you know, so you don't necessarily have to be that person, but you, if you're familiar with the people in your community, you make that available and you can upsell the people on, on different things like that. So it truly provides you with, with, or even, even utilizing your own services too. So maybe you can incorporate some of the things you're growing, maybe have a strawberry patch and that's something that you can incorporate into the meals that you're providing or maybe uh, you're able to do kind of a chef thing where you're teaching them how to cook some of the things you're you're growing and and that's something that you wouldn't have the time to do during your day when you're have a whole bunch of people coming to your agritourism business but as you uh, beyond that and you're focusing on the the off hours then that, then different things are opened up as a result of that if if that's something you're interested in doing you know you don't have to but that it's just an option that's available right. so yeah because, I mean, those are good ways. It's cross-selling, upselling. Mm-hmm. You know, we have that feature set in within the app. So as a host, you could sp- specify, you know, what it is that you're you're going to be providing to those guests. And right. so then that way it makes it more customer-friendly experience, customized experience to those guests. And they're going to, you know, it makes it way easy. And you, as the host, will get 85, 85%. You know, mm-hmm. of of any anything that goes any transaction that goes through the app regarding your listing. So right, yeah, and you get it all up front too. It's not like you have to remind them what it's going to cost and try to get a way of collecting it. It's all paid for up front. It's it's right. it's a, we're basically acting as a clearinghouse. We got the money. We're holding it until it's completed. We give it back to you. So it's it's risk free in that regard because you don't have to worry about that aspect of of the sell. So it's it's right. nice that way. We are always looking for hosts. I mean, that's, you know, that's always going to be something we'll be looking for. Same, you know, similar with Airbnb, there's all, they're always going to be looking for listings or the same way. We want to provide these RVers because that's like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's a huge problem that we're seeing with the RV industry. There's not enough places for them to go and we need more listings. We need more places, more opportunities for these RVers. One of the one of the interesting things, at least in my mind, is is the difference between renting out your home and renting out a, a little parcel of grass or of asphalt or gravel. Is you don't have the same challenges of destruction, of renovation, of of having to buy knickknacks to make it look you know a certain way, of electronics and TVs and services that way. So it's 
it's right. um, a great, in my mind, is a great way of making some revenue without the expenses associated with an Airbnb or renting out your own home. Yeah. And the, the wear and tear associated with it, because you can always grass keeps growing, dirt keeps, you know, you can't do much damage to dirt. You can level it out again if you needed to. So, I mean, it's, it's um, there's great benefit in my mind as a means of, of a revenue stream and perpetual that it's that that, that doesn't provide in other other marketplaces. Right. There's definitely less risk involved. Right. When you're right. Invo- involving an RVer who has basically their home on wheels or the comforts of home and mm-hmm. they're bringing it to a, a parking spot. Right. That's all they're doing is parking. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're not having to provide, like you were saying, extra amenities or extra things that potentially are going to get damaged or there's extra costs associated with that. So mm-hmm. that's huge, huge mm-hmm. for a host to have just because then it's more money in your pocket, right? Mm-hmm. right. That's something you could actually put back towards your business. That's something you could put back towards offering other experiences to, to, to guests as well. It's just mm-hmm. another way to diversify your income as well. And because we talk about that, you know, the diversification and, and it's huge. It's important, mm-hmm. especially when you're living in our type of economy where there's inflation. You know, the dollar, your dollar doesn't go as far as it did. To. You're going to have, you know, in valleys where the economy is great. You know, and that means it's, you know, good for a lot of people. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, where those dips and ebbs and flows kind of thing. Right. So, and then, like you mentioned, farmers probably struggle that with that more than anyone. Just because mm-hmm. they're, they're so reliant on prices. They're so reliant on, mm-hmm. like, other things, out, you know, that they can't control. Whether right. it's fertilizer, other things, you know. Right. And they're not always they're not always selling directly to the consumer either. So they're selling to a broker, to a middleman who's who's dictating the price based upon the number of people who are growing. And so there's again, you have some of that loss of control. Whereas and this is an opportunity to to set your rate to whatever you need. And and the more obviously the more people you have coming and the more desi- the demand you have for your particular site, obviously the more you can raise your prices too. But you you have control and you're selling it directly to the consumer and you're not is not based upon the dictations of, of, of the, in the same way anyway, of the right. of marketplace. So, yep. yeah, actually, it's true. So it's because you have this marketplace or this platform where you, you're, we don't dictate how you need to serve your guests. You know, you have full right. control over that. And speaking of that, what's good rule of thumb for people that are looking to host and what's you know, how much should they be charging for a night? Yeah. Well, generally speaking, I would say probably, I'd say probably the average of an RV park is probably around $65 a month, a day or the evening. And so you can probably start below that $50, $55. And that's probably a good place to start. Depending upon where you're located, how close you are to national forests, how close you are to amusement parks, um, to events that are taking place, um, that will change based upon that. Based upon your experiences, as you have people who come back, um, and the number of people who are trying to reserve your reserve your spot, and you become more busy, obviously that that would mean that you have something special that people are wanting, and so you can obviously increase your price for that as well. And you may choose not to; that's up to you. But uh, obviously, the supply and demand dictates that you can increase your price and and still provide a good service and an enjoyable activity and opportunity for people and and uh, that they want to pay for and they're happy paying for. So yeah. Because I can imagine this, like, really 
honing it. If someone really honed in as a host, they honed in like, hey, they can make this in a business in itself. You know, just that's what, you know, when Airbnb came into the market, there's companies that just solely that's their whole business mm-hmm. is Airbnb. The similar a similar thing can happen with Curb and Turf where, you know, you have these micro businesses on our platform. If you're a landowner, you could potentially set up an RV park. You know, obviously it depends on, you know, you know, your county or whatever, you know, laws or things that right. dictate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, you know, the sky's the limit essentially for a lot of agribusinesses, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's one thing I wanted to describe, talk about is RV parks in general. So RV parks could be really hit and miss, right? Sometimes yeah. they have... They have people that stay there all year round. RV parks are looking for is to to fill their vacancy, right? Right. And so, and and with RVers, it's seasonal. So sometimes they have you know, high vacancies, and so they want longtime renters, or right. they want those longtime RV travelers. You know. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about some issues that you've seen with RV parks, or I mean, not saying that all of them are like yeah. that, but. I'd just say that the biggest challenge with RV parks is the information that you have available as you go and seek for what you're doing. So that's one of the reasons probably why people go back to the same RV parks over and over again is because they know what to expect. You don't have to rely upon what's written down, what's being advertised, what uh, sources has compiled the information. And to an extent, I think that's what we're kind of re- trying to resolve as well. Because like, for instance, we li- you know, when I went to an RV park, it said high speed internet. And when I got there, it was basically dial up 45 kilobits per second and, you know basically right. nothing my cell phone was quicker than what they were offering yet they yet the, what it said was high speed internet so you know like what we're collecting is what's the actual speed you know how many kilobits up how many kilobits down and so the information that we're trying to provide is very specific and detailed and and relevant to the people who are out there and in need of it right. as they're going around and parking yep. huge huge uh, the more information the better right yeah because then that way the guest is informed they're able to know ahead of time you know what to expect they have those expectations met you know versus you know where with you you were expecting high-speed internet and all of a sudden you had you know your cell phone's faster right Uh, well let me so let's talk about what (laughs) all right so let's talk about, let me do this. Let me do another. So we are looking for hosts. So yep. for you to sign up for hosts, where, where, where would be a, where would be the best place for hosts or anyone to sign up for their listings? I, online or the app, uh, the app is probably a good place to start. And then uh, as you get started, you might go between the app and the, and the computer because you want to type potentially mm-hmm. for some of the things. And I find it more in trouble to use a keyboard over a phone. But at times you want to go and use the app because there's nothing like a, like a, like a phone to get photos of, of areas you're walking to, to get GPS coordinates of where you're standing. And so right. there's some benefits of that as well. So. It's a, up to personal preference, but you, both of those are good good options. Yeah, yeah. I would I would always go for the app because it literally takes ten minutes. Yeah. If you have ten minutes to to of your dot time, you're gonna be able to put up a listing because we you have your phone out there. Mm-hmm. You take those pictures, and then we have basically step by step that walks you through questions based on you know RVers and what mm-hmm. their needs are. So a little, it might be 
seem a little more intense sometimes to go through that process, but that's more because of our, you know, our guests or specific to RVers. Yeah. Uh, the best, best place would be, you know, if you have Android, again, just go to Google Play Store. If you mm -hmm. have, have any iOS devices, go to the App Store. Mm -hmm. um, you can find us by their name, Curb and Turf. C-U-R-B-N-Turf, T-U-R-F, T as in Tom, U-R-F. Yeah, and it's an awesome app. Yeah. And, yep. And so it's, it's what, about the name real quick, I guess I might say that too. I ch we chose the name based upon parking on by a curb, you know, a public street. <laughs> because you can, obviously, if you're going from point A to point B, you need some place to stay. And sometimes you might use, you might actually rent out the, the public road in front of your house, the curb. You make it, make sure that it's available. Someone comes and parks there and that's acceptable. And so that's the curb part of it. And then obviously the turf makes sense. You know, you have, you have land. And even the curb can relate to your driveway or something you have more developed than just grass. But so that's really the curb and turf name came from. Yeah, I, I love it because we get, you know, questions all about about that all the time. You know, what's a curb and turf? And, right. and it's very self-explanatory when we say, hey, it's like an Airbnb for RVers. You could think of park on your curb or your turf, whatever that, that you have. Yeah. So we have a five day challenge course coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, can you explain about that five day challenge course? What? what we're looking to do with that yeah that's yeah about. it's just um focused on agritourism and the the focus of it is give you five challenges to do that might something that you can do as a as a current agritourism summer or if you're getting wanting to get into it both of these cases would work and it's it's things that might improve upon your your revenue stream and your your success and profitability for what you're doing as an agritourism so that's the that's the concept and the idea behind it yep and that's something we're going to be rolling out probably in the next couple months if you're listening to this podcast it might already be out for you now and we'll put a link in the description so that way you could actually be able to participate in that as well yeah uh, we again that's one of the reasons why we i feel like curb and turf is so important we want to make it a community we have the app we have um additional information education what we're providing to not only mm -hmm. our viewers but to 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 agribusinesses whether you're a farmer a bread and breakfast you know the sky's the limit we're really trying to look for more hosts so again you know yeah. the more listings the better because there's a huge opportunity for you guys as hosts on the fact that there's so many rvers looking for places to go because right. there's a real need and people don't realize right. that you know we, you see right and even outside that i think it, it, you, you sparked a thought in my mind the whole reason why we're doing the uh, recurring plot is for the opportunity just to give out something that's of relevance to agritourism initially anyway, and then it might change at some point to focus on some guests or some hosts or could be anything. But but yep. uh, right now we thought it would be a, a great uh, to the agritourism community to see what other agritourism communities are, uh, are doing and, and to see what, uh, you know, some things that might be of interest to you. So, so stay tuned for the recurring plot shows as well. Yeah, exactly. So we plan on having, you know, guests that, you know, talk on marketing, how to market mm -hmm. your business. We're going to have other, you know, industry leaders or just business owners that are going to talk about what's worked for them. And that's kind of, you know, the agri business part of what we're going to be doing on, on this uh, platform. Yeah. So, so cool. a lot of things to look forward to appreciate your time, Aaron. I know you have sure. to, to run. I, I do. Appreciate it. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, well you take care and uh, we'll see you at the next episode. Sounds good. Appreciate you. it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. All right. See you. Uh -huh. Bye.
Thanks for listening to The Recurring Plot, presented by Curb and Turf. Curb and Turf works like Airbnb, but we help RVers to find land where they can park when they're traveling. Make more money from your land. Please visit CurbandTurf.com to list your property.